Welcome to Vice and Easy, your podcast for all things Miami Vice, with your host, Marina. Hello, and welcome back to Vice and Easy. Thank you for joining me last week for a little bit more of an emotional episode. We are back to our roots with this one. We are back in the red light district. We are back with the Gailey Burlesque, Gino's Garden. I have a lot of questions about Gino's Garden. I was trying to look it up like Gino Garden's 80s Miami wasn't finding everything. So let's get started. This week we are breaking down season three, episode 10, entitled Streetwise. IMDb synopsis is as follows. A prostitution bus at a motel snares an officer from another precinct. Castillo wants to take his badge, but Crockett has him hold off and uses the officer to find the source of pure cocaine found on one of the prostitutes, a girl the wayward cop is in love with. Who is this wayward cop, you ask? We'll find out after the intro. First, we're enjoying a very familiar voice in a very different manner. First, we hear... A song playing in the background. Recognize this vocalist? Why, yes, that's none other than our boy, Sonny Crockett, a.k.a. Don Johnson, his strong Streetwise, which I have linked in the show notes. Now... I can't really find a music video for it, nor can I find lyrics. Maybe if someone has liner notes, we might be able to find it. But pretty much just about being streetwise and the young girl being streetwise. Naturally fitting in with our red light district theme today. Trudy in all silver, except for her gloves, which are kind of teal, looking like a million bucks. Now, in real life, Trudy actually did provide this verse of The Strong Streetwise, and Whoopi Goldberg also was one of the backup singers of this song, so it's quite a packed song. We'll hear a little bit more in this next clip. That's so fun, and I'm really enjoying this intro. We're not really getting a lot of plot, but that's not what we're here for. We had to deal with a very emotionally heavy plot last week. Let's have some fun. Let's look at some outfits first, shall we? We have a girl with bleach blonde hair, bangs, and a pink tank top. And Wesley Snipes is snuffing, oh my gosh, sorry, Wesley Snipes is stuffing $1 bills down her bra. Excellent. Then we also have a girl in like kind of like white tank top, black leather skirt, curly bangs. Then we have Trudy in silver, again, kind of mouthing the words of the lyrics, lip syncing, to a businessman, a nerd talking to two prostitutes behind him, and a sailor to her left. <laughs> then we are ending the intro at the Ramrod Hotel, where Trudy is basically giving the go-ahead for the rest of the Vice Squad. We come back from the intro, and Vice is doing a raid on the Ramrod Motel. Yes, what a clever name. How can you say no to that? (laughs) So while Zwitek, Zito is noticeably absent this episode. Obviously, we are coming up to... 
our last episode with Zito, but yes, just keep that in mind that I see in the background of this episode, I see another Metro cop, but I don't see another vice cop with Zwitek, and I don't see anyone like Zito or Lester, so Wah. end of an era. So we're busting all the rooms, and this, again, you do have to go to the gallery to see it, where you have... Zwitek popping in <laughs> with a guy on his knees with a chain necklace around his neck held by a chain by a dominatrix. Hey, Vice! Sorry, this must be the fantasy suite. <laughs> and he lets them do their thing. He leaves. He goes and busts another room And we hear a conversation going on between the girl that we saw, Wesley Snipes. Grammar. The girl in whose top Wesley Snipes was stuffing dollar (laughs) bills. The very pretty blonde girl with bangs. And guest star, Bill Paxton. This doesn't sound that transactional. This sounds pretty sweet overall. He seems concerned about her. Hey, what are you doing? I told you I don't want you using that stuff. Gone. That stuff that he doesn't want her to use that she says is, quote, gone, that's a vial of cocaine. And when Zwitek busts them, she still has the vial in her hand. He points out that is a felony charge to which... They both claim it's theirs. Ooh, looks like a second-degree felony. It's mine. No, it's mine. Listen, you kids can argue on your way downtown. Okay. Got a better question. Whose is this? And Crockett is saying, whose is this as he's holding up a police badge? So this guy is a cop knowingly engaging in services with... A possible prostitute, or the fact that we, the audience, know she is a prostitute, doesn't really look that good for him. So she gets taken down to OCB. So at the precinct, she is trying to light her cigarette with a dead cigarette. Number one, not really working for her. Uh, Smoking like it's the first cigarette she's ever had in her life. (laughs) And she's not really down to work with the cops or with Swiatek. Even though he's trying to convince her otherwise. I know how cops help girls. They use them and they rip them off. At least tricks pay you. Romano's a cop. Vic loves me. That's why I said it was his coke. It was in your purse. And it wasn't street mix. Which means, unless we find out where it came from, you're the one who's in a lot of trouble. Yeah, so this is a pretty important part of the story that it is not street mix, that this is cocaine coming from the supplier. So this is very high-grade stuff that's not supposed to be sold to the masses. So how did she get her hands on it? We explore that a little bit as Tubbs is explaining who Vic Romano, a.k.a. Bill Paxson, is and what his relationship is with her and the coke. His name is Vic Romano. Three years, a uh, uniform patrol. The last 10 months, he's been working vice in Overtown. He said he got the coke from a confidential informant of his named Roxanne Young. Trudy and Gina are on that right now. 
And this is where I am going to send all of you to the gallery because you have to see how amazing Gina and Trudy, especially Gina, look in this scene. Gina is wearing a very tight, long sleeve, lime, 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 lime green dress. Super tight, super fitting. Her body looks like a million bucks with pink accessories. And I cannot get over how good she looks with the low slung neon pink belt with this lime green dress. She looks like a million dollars. And Trudy looks so good in the leather crop top wild sunglasses get up. But Regina is really the star of this scene. They're basically kind of just questioning around, asking the girls if they've seen anything. Then we see a beautiful woman come out of a burger shop where the burgers are 99 cents. Wow, what a time to be alive, pre In 1984 dollars, that's still not at all the price we are paying now for burgers. With this giant sideways lightning bolt necklace, a bustier, and a black leather skirt. She's super cute, comes out. We did pan to her a little bit in the intro. However, we see Wesley Snipes. Same guy who was stuffing dollar bills down Carla's top. So we can only assume that he is in the business of keeping this business alive. Basically, he's a pimp. Takes her, shoves her into the car. She drops her wallet. So Gina later finds the wallet on the ground, picks it up. She has a little bit to work with. Again, this was the woman that she was looking for. So she finds... A key with a locker number on it in her wallet. Let's come back to this in a little bit. Because unfortunately, this is the same Roxanne Young, the one that just got snatched in the car by Wesley Snipes and his goon. This is the same Roxanne Young that provided the coke. And that is Vic Romano's, um, oh my God, informant. No, what's it called? I just heard it. It will come back to me. I'm sorry. You can all scream at me right now. <laughs> Secret informant. What's it called? Oh, my God. Working informant. Oh, oh, my God. It's what Izzy is. I'm so sorry. This is a total mind blank. I will definitely get at the episode. Let's get back to it. So things are not looking good for Roxanne. She gets shoved up against the glass block wall. He is pissed and he wants to know how his coke has ended up in the hands of the cops. He had handpicked her to put the Coke in the locker. She obviously skimmed a little bit off the top. And again, it's very easy to trace this back because there's a lot of mixed, a lot of street mixes, especially here in Los Angeles. A lot of his mixed with fentanyl. This is pure grade. He's roughing her up. He's roughing her up. She doesn't want to talk. She wants to fight back. She has a little razor blade with her. We see her pull it out. We see her slash Wesley Snipes' face. However, he is able to overpower her. And the last we see of that scene is him struggling with her fully clothed in the bed. Now let's go back to the precinct. Crockett, Crockett, Crockett. Our original empath before that was even a thing in 1985. Also, have you ever noticed that most people who describe themselves as empaths are usually... Pretty selfish, pretty nasty, pretty malicious. It's like 
they use that to try and seem as if they're sensitive and in tune to other people's needs. But I've never met someone who identifies as an empath, as being a just and true person that I would ever ask for help. My favorite is when a lot of these people are like, mental health awareness, mental health awareness. And then I remember there was one girl I used to be friends with and um, I had tickets to a concert and I invited her. And then the day of it was raining really bad and I was having pretty much what was a panic attack and I was at a cottage. And because it's a lot of dirt road, it's really not easy to get out and it's just not safe and I couldn't stop crying. So I remember... I was like, hey, I'm so sorry. I can't make it. I'll give you both the tickets. And I got all this pushback of like, well, I don't want to go without you, blah, 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 blah. Like this really lets me down. And I was like, okay, I understand. I'm also giving you two free concert tickets. You have spent zero dollars. And I understand that your original plans got changed, but at least I'm making it up to you. I'm not taking away a ticket. I'm giving you extras. And it was like all this like drama and guilt. And then the same person like three years later is all about mental health awareness and being more cognizant and doing more to help people. I'm like bullshit. Sorry, that was my little rant. But that it's same thing. Empath. I'm like, that didn't seem too empathetic of me of just, you know, letting someone chill and just taking their excuse as opposed to like pushing back on like their panic attack and then being trapped at a cottage during a rainstorm. I digress. So, but however, Crockett is actually an empath in that he is very much attracted to other wounded individuals and he is very understanding of what they're going through because he is able to handle it better than most people we have seen on this show. Again, remember Artie from Heart of Darkness, where Crockett really felt that initial magnetism towards him because he could see the pain. He could see the pain it was causing his wife and how the FBI was not pulling him out. So we can see a different perspective in this episode where Crockett is fully aware. And I think also the fact is that they didn't find out that Artie was an informant until like halfway through the episode, whereas we find that out right in the beginning, whose badge is this? And Crockett does have a heart-to-heart with him. And our boy Vikramano's not really as receptive to Crockett as you might think. Carla was actively involved in prostitution. From the jump. Believe me, nobody meant it to happen. We just fell in love. We've been nothing but upfront with each other. Where did she say uh, she got the coke? Carla's got nothing to do with that. Like I told you, detective, I got the coke from a CI. It's part of an ongoing investigation. Oh my God, confidential informant. I was like, informant, informant, informant. Confidential being the key word because you want them to continue doing what they were doing before, but they just have to feed you information. They have to maintain their cover. Otherwise, they, and probably you, will also get killed. I always remember, I was just thinking about the stick. I was thinking about Dexter and his mother and that his mother and lots of other sex workers in the Miami area were his dad's confidential informants. Okay, uh, let's get on a happier note because this episode does not end on one, unfortunately. So let's enjoy it while it lasts. While Crockett is at OCB, he does get a call from Trudy who has found Roxanne Young. Unfortunately, they found her with her throat cut. Now Crockett and 
Romano. I can't say Romano without thinking of Ray Romano. And Romano, talk a little bit. And again, Crockett is trying to knock some sense at him in this next clip. My word against hers. No. It's your word against mine. And I know what I saw. Your story's bogus. It is what it is. Yeah, Crockett can read through that story pretty clearly. So it's his cocaine, but it was in her bag. And obviously we, the audience, had seen him say that he doesn't want her doing that stuff anymore. We know that she probably got it from Roxanne, another girl working on the street. So speaking of Roxanne, we are going to go to the crime scene, which I must say is one of the most aesthetically pleasing crime scenes I have ever seen as Bill Paxton is illuminated with this glass block wall. It's a beautiful shot. Crockett's looking amazing in turquoise with a black undershirt, which I like. You know, you got the pastel, but then you also have a shade to kind of tone it down a little bit. Zwitek, just Zwitek. Trudy, again, still wearing her kind of like streetwalker outfit, looking like a million bucks, especially with that metal belt. As they basically talk about how they're kind of SOL. They can't really pin it on silk. They don't have enough proof. They don't have enough evidence. And they don't really know where to find him. Q Romano. You know where to find Silk? No. But I'm a hell of a guesser. Ooh, what an iconic read on that line. Oh, rest in peace, Bill Paxton. Now he takes Crockett to the Checker Club. And I did add a note in my description that I'm having issues with Giphy Capture specifically. And I have been emailing back and forth with the support team. I've deleted my cache and my cookies, all that fun stuff. And I still can't get it to work. Also, fun fact, I did not realize my username was misspelled. So that typo in the link is totally legit. So if you want to go look at past gifts, please do. Because I was trying to get a gif of this guy with long hair and a hat on. Just walking outside, slapping this blonde woman, I'm assuming is a sex worker, and going back inside. Apparently, this is kind of where a lot of pimps do their business. And now, Crockett is also bringing some vice tea in this next little bit of dialogue when he really questions and puts Romano's feet to the fire. Look, I've been under for 10 months. I got a cover to protect. Everyone I hang with is straight. I can't just yank somebody off in front of them without thinking about it. What's your wife think about it? I read your file. Leave my wife out of this. She's got nothing to do with it. It's a separate life. Well, if it's so separate, how come you're getting so bent out of shape? Because I know when to be a cop and when to be a player. And I don't need anyone to tell me how to walk the line. You're not walking the line. You're over it. You took a walk on the wild side, pal. Only you forgot to come back. Wow, Crockett just delivering gold lines throughout that entire scene. Obviously goes on a little bit more. But... Yeah, Crockett is kind of like pushing back at what he's seen before and what Crockett has actually experienced before going under. I just like this like super dismissiveness of the wife. Like, oh, 
leave her out of this. And I'm trying to get her off the streets. Now, we're looking at this through a 2023 lens. In 1985, we would not have been as sympathetic or understanding or accepting of sex work. This storyline doesn't really change the way I feel. Like, I kind of know that she's not going to and that that happily ever after that he wants to give her and that she wants, it's not realistic and we're going to see. But let's go to the checker club where Crockett, undercover as Burnett, is trying to butter up Silk. He wants to get in and he wants to get a little bit more info in this next clip. You see, me and my friends, we spend a lot of hard-earned cash bringing the benefits of South America here to this community. And we generally consider it our thing. Is that a fact? So you see, I've worked out this deal and it goes something like this. We buy in at cost for, say, um, 10%. And that takes care of us and the cops and us. Me and my brother. And he gestures, pulls out, basically pulls open his blazer to show the gun in his holster. And again, I don't really know if that's that menacing. And this is also, I I believe that Silk kind of just you know, brushes him off because I'm like, do you think that Silk isn't packing? Do you think that a known distributor and pimp is not connected and packing at all times, especially in Florida? Like, come on. So I thought that was a little bit funny. But now we are going to switch gears. Remember the wife? Yes, Romano has a wife and a girlfriend. And he's also got internal affairs on his tail. Turns out internal affairs has already called the house, so his wife already knows. She's a nurse. She's in uniform. She's getting ready to leave, but she'd like to talk to Vic before. Uh, Yeah. Let me just play you this. Zero asked to be brought in from undercover. That's not Vic. When he's asked to do a job, he does it 110%, nonstop. I know it's changed him, but one thing that hasn't changed is that I'm behind him. I don't mean to be rude, but I have to get to work in a few minutes, and I'd like to speak to my husband first. You tell him if he feels like talking, I'm available. Okay? Yeah, 110%, including uh, having a girlfriend who's a sex worker. But she's going to stand by her man, like she said. So, wow, it's going to be interesting. And I totally missed an important point of the plot. I have just watched the episode twice today, so it's like all fresh in my memory. And I'm just going through the pictures and I'm like, oh, I totally forgot. Now, Silk is running into a little problem. Roxanne was helping. His supplier is not happy about it. Just listen to the way they phrase what they're saying and how it just makes women sound so disposable in this next clip. Roxanne is dead and tonight I gotta pick up from the source myself. I don't like that. I got other girls. You got other problems. 
Okay, I'm saying this as a woman. I do think that's kind of funny. <laughs> that's, uh, I forgot about that quote. <laughs> I got other women. You got other problems. True. True. Where is the lie? Now, this next clip is entitled, Calling Your Girlfriend Who's in Jail While Your Wife Is at Work. Bail you out. Don't bust me. Don't cry, baby. Hey, we've been up against it all along. I'm not giving up now. I'm sorry about what was in my purse. Don't worry, I got you covered on that. Just tell me you love me. You know I do. And trust me. So let's paint this picture here. Yeah, my notes are just like, how nice for his wife. He's so concerned about his girlfriend who's in jail while his wife is going out to work. <laughs> oh, now, Gina is also in the holding cell undercover in that amazing lime green dress. Castillo has already suggested that Tubbs beat Silk to the punch and bail out Carla, act as a pimp, try to get under Silk's skin. That other competition is coming onto the scene. Hopefully, we're able to get closer to the supplier, the guy that Silk just talked to in the limo, the uh, <laughs> the very funny one. <laughs> now, Gina sees Carla crying, knows that she didn't get a call that she was going to get bailed out, or she didn't hear on the phone call that she was going to get bailed out. She has an idea. She's going to set Carla up with tubs, make it look like a little bit more organic, that she's recommending Tubbs. So Tubbs just isn't coming in out of nowhere to bail out Carla and have her work for him. Tubbs in this episode, as a pimp, brilliant. I would have definitely voted to give him an Emmy for this because it is so hilarious and also a little bit terrifying to see how far he can go. But let's get to sweet Tubbs, as described by Gina. For all my Gen X... Maybe elder millennials and my baby boomer listeners. Here's some AMSR. Ah, doesn't that just bring you back to a simpler time? Ah, so after Gina calls Tubbs, give him the signal, Trudy goes out on the streets looking like a million bucks with what could either be pleather or latex, this black tie-up dress with a white fur stole, Looking like a million bucks. And same thing, kind of having this sing-song. This here Sugar Bear's Corner. Maybe it was. But Butch is the man in town now, honey. He owns the streets, the corners, and the man. Let's see what Sugar Bear say about that. Sugar Bear sound like some kind of popcorn pimp. <laughs> so he pulls around in front of the ladies, and this is when we see Trudy kind of give a little signal in the stole. Obviously, she's miked. Vice pulls up, Zwitek pulls up, blocks him in. Sugar Bear. I always think of Sugar Bear hair. Remember those ads were everywhere in like 2017? Like every other person was doing Sugar Bear hair. There was even a Sugar Bear hair standalone store closest workout cities to go to in West Hollywood. Oh, it's everywhere. Never tried it. Don't, blow it. Don't buy it. But 
that just kind of reminds me of that. I was like, oh, how far we've come. So Zwitek, you know, comes like, oh, you know, like, bro, you're parked in the red. And he's like, oh, just move in my car. Just pick something up. Obviously, knowing that that is not what he's up to. When we see Tubbs undercover as Butch, looking so handsome and so cute at Panama Hat. And it's such an adorable scene because... Trudy and Tubbs have like such a playful chemistry that we saw in Walk Alone before they got into that big fake fight. And so there's kind of this dialogue of like, oh, should I go in for a kiss? It's like, you had your chance. It's like, oh, if only. What a beautiful couple they'd make. So now that the word in the street is that Butch is the number one new pimp, the new guy taking over territories. If Sugar Bear, I'm assuming, is going to get locked up off the streets for a while, where are his girls going to go? Are they going to go to Butch? Or are they going to go to Silk? It's just kind of one way to kind of throw a wrench into Silk's plan. Tubbs goes, stole the Panama hat, to bail Carla out of jail. Right before Silk is there to bail her out. Silk watches as Carla leaves in an elevator with Butch, a.k.a. our boy Tubbs. Now we go back to the precinct where, again, the girls are looking amazing. And by girls, I mean women. Where Trudy and Gina are sitting down, taking a break. Trudy's just drinking coffee in that insane latex dress, talking a little bit to Castillo. And at first, they're a little bit conflicted as to what's going to go down and if the DA is going to play and press charges when he doesn't really have a lot of evidence mounted. Gina brings up a good point. She's using I don't want to say she's basically pressuring the DA to work with them by saying that any overdoses that are a result of this grade of cocaine will fall on him. And obviously that's going to hurt his chances for re-election. That's going to hurt him in the public eye. District attorneys in America are elected representatives. And I'm not sure of what even the Canadian version or the international version is. It's the person with whom or for whom. Okay, so basically the DA has people, you have people that work underneath the DA, the DA's office will bring charges against people. So so so-and-so versus the state. The district attorney is the one that pushes those charges up. Oop, editing note right over here. District attorney is municipal. So the city of Los Angeles, the city of Miami, or I believe it might even be the county. I know for San Francisco, the county is also the city. So I know that's kind of what I've gathered a lot of my information for. So I'm sorry I'm giving you incorrect um, information. But remember in the episode, The Good Caller, the state assistant attorney or the assistant state attorney was also same thing focused on this bad publicity and being able to get charges to stick and want to treat people as an adult. And I'm assuming in those schemes, um, I mean, so those levels of crimes, it'd be the state of California versus so-and-so or the city of Los Angeles versus so-and-so or the county of Los Angeles or the county of San Francisco versus so-and-so. Not fully educated in the matter, but that was kind of like an explainer. I guess for Canada, we'd have Crown we have crown charges, and I believe crown is equivalent to felony. Ugh, sorry, Canadian list. <sighs> and with that edit, I deleted like five minutes of dialogue. So cool. I will definitely be jumping around bit by bit. I had this all worked out. <laughs> so again, 
Tubbs was able to free Carla, or sorry, to spring her out of jail, to pay her bail. Then Silk comes up to them at the club before we get to the dinner scene. And again, I'm so sad I can't make gifts this week because we get a slapping of the hand from Tubbs against Silk. You want that hand broken? That's my woman. She's got something I want. But it belongs to me. I bought it from the state. So sorry my gifts are not working this week. But thankfully, I still have the videos. So once Giphy Capture starts working again, I will able... At least I have the video saved. I could just make a GIF of it of Tubbs just slapping him away. Now, Tubbs is really trying to impersonate one of the worst pimps you can think of. And we see him buttering up Carla with this beautiful dinner scene. She looks great. She's got some blue eyeshadow on. That's a different shade of the blue dress she's wearing. We have Tubbs drinking water out of a fancy glass because, of course, he doesn't drink. We have flowers. I'm not sure whose apartment this is. I really hope it is Tubbs's or it's his safe house because it is so interestingly styled for the 80s with like the dark accented walls fresh flowers love it he is buttering up her real thick and he is putting on an act because it's about to change real quick that was Roxanne's you know what was in that locker I went with her when she put the pound in I still don't know it yet, but I'm going to get in that business with him. And uh, I need you to help motivate him. I want you to take this back to him. I can't do that. I mean, that's heavy duty. I'm not going to get caught behind nothing that serious. You think I do this for nothing? Why do you think I got you out of jail? You think your stuff is worth five grand? It ain't! I throw pieces away like you every day! I'm gonna pay you back. I know you're gonna pay me back. And I'm gonna tell you just how you're gonna do it. I'm gonna hook in to Silk, and you're gonna take him this. Ooh, that is not the tubs we know and love, and she starts going off on that she made a mistake and that her boyfriend's a cop he'll protect her he kind of keeps pushing back in character until she ends up breaking down sobbing on the floor to not hurt her and that's when he has to drop the ruse and show her his badge and that he's not going to hurt her but that they, she does have to work with them at this point even if she doesn't want to now herein lies the rub no one really wants to put this conspiracy charge on. Maybe again, it's back to the DA thing. It's conspiracy is not as big of a get as you know actually getting the supplier or getting one close. Like you're just kind of putting someone away for a little bit. And was the conspiracy to deal, or were you just skimming from the top because I guess you're trafficking? Because but she wasn't even the one doing it. That was Roxanne. So this charge isn't really going to stick. We get a great shot of Tubbs making the call on his beautiful phone, and then we get a shot of Castillo hanging up the phone. 
with this green light illuminating in the background. This very much brings you back to Little Miss Dangerous, but very different characters. Whereas I really liked Fiona's feistiness and that she knew who she was and she didn't want to change. We see Carla as a little bit more unsure of who she is and who is her identity outside of her boyfriend. And what security does this boyfriend have? Yes, he loves her and he wants to take her off the streets, but there's all these other variables in her way stacked against her. And again, is that also just something she's saying to him? So who knows? So Crockett is there because he is going to get Vikramano to work with him to get this to stick. He is going to get him to convince Carla to get the coke from the locker in this next clip. A conspiracy charge that nobody wants to stick her with. So that gives you one chance to get your acting gear. Just tell me what I can do to help. I thought there was more dialogue in that scene. I do apologize. Oh, okay. (laughs) We go back to the supplier. He is making a call from his limo. He knows that somebody's on his turf and he wants them gone. Now it's at this time we see Silk with another one of his goons. And we see somebody driving by Bill Paxton, a.k.a. Vic Romano's apartment, firing off at Burnett. Again, this is Crockett as Burnett. This is kind of where we see the downside. He's driving the exact same car that Burnett has. He is dressed as Burnett. It's the same person. Just one is work. One is real life. So this is why he's getting targeted. So it turns out that Silk actually wasn't the one in the car. It's a new guy. Once they're able to have this shootout, they're both okay. They go question this guy. They want to be brought to the main bigwig who wants to send this hit out. We do see a beautiful old Rolls Royce. Oh, my God. Beautiful old Rolls Royce. We also see the Butch One license plate of this Mercedes as Tubbs and Carla are walking in to the Checker Club. Now, while... Crockett is furiously driving over to get to this limo that has been pulled over. The limo of the supplier did not even catch his name. Sorry, he was on Oz. He seems like a cool guy because on Oz, his name was Agamemnon. So I never really finished the first... I think I watched the first four seasons of Oz and it was just very dark. And it was a very dark time because it was kind of after the fun period of that first start of COVID when all the anxiety and the turmoil was starting to kick in. So it wasn't the Tiger King time. It was the uh, existential crises time. So yeah, it just didn't really fit my mood at that point. I went over to Nip Tuck and some other telenovela type shows, but back to the main plot. So I have no idea what the supplier's name is. I'm so sorry. I have all these notes. They're just about uh, calling your girlfriend while your wife is at work so you can explain why you can't bail her out of jail. The audacity. The audacity. And she is calling him from jail, which means that she has his home phone number. Sorry, I digress. Crockett wants to know exactly where this hit is going to be because that's his partner. So Crockett sort of reveals to the supplier that he's a cop, he's after him, and he has to give it up because he's about to put a hit up, a hit on another cop. Crockett is furiously making the call to back up to make sure they're going to go save Tubbs at the Checker Club. Carla's really fidgety. She keeps saying, you know, 
First time at the club, but she wanted to make a call, blah, blah, blah. This time she has to go to the bathroom. She's checking her face in the mirror, so she looks like crap. Why is she so nervous? So after the shootout at Vic's house, Crockett and Vic split up because Crockett is taking back the wannabe shooter hitman to question his boss. Vic runs off with the car with the shot-in windows. You could see the the easy break glass still up a little bit on the side in this next scene. So Carla is able to get away from Tubbs saying she wants to go to the bathroom and freshen up, ends up leaving through the back door. This is when we see Silk and his goon put pantyhose over their face to obscure their face from CCTV or other surveillance footage. Now, as she gets out, she's waiting. How did she know... Or is it just kind of like a kismet thing? So she's waiting as Vic pulls up. Is he going to save her? Did he just want to get her out of Tubbs' clutches? Who knows? Oh my God, sorry. When I said I I deleted that five minutes of dialogue, we're going to stop here for a quick second. We're going to rewind back to a very visually beautiful scene. I do not know why it's non-order in my gallery. I'm so sorry. Everything is completely out of order in this part of it. That is quite annoying. Vic brought Carla to this hotel room questioning spot that is overlooking this beautiful high-rise that is illuminated teal and purple and teal with Crockett and Tubbs looking out and he's basically pleading for her to work with them and that he might be able to be together later but that inevitably she does have to go to a shelter no matter what he has to deal with internal affairs but he is still giving her hope to be together in the future. So remind you as the audience. I'm so sorry. I'm going to try to save this in edit and post-production. We'll see if it works. Might sound a little too janky if I just put everything together. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So let's fast forward to more scenes. We're at the nightclub. Let's set the scene again. Carla has walked away from Tubbs, who's inside the club, as a hit has been sent by the supplier onto Tubbs. Once Crockett has talked to the supplier, let him know that he's about to put a hit up on an undercover cop, Vice is rushing to Checkers Club. In the same time, Vic, who's separated from Crockett during the shootout, is taking the busted-out shout-out car to go get Carla at this club. So everybody has converged. We have Silk, we have Silk's goon, we have Crockett on the way. And at this time, we have Carla standing outside, Tubbs inside, and Vic rolling up. Shootout starts going up as we see Silk walking towards Carla in the parking lot. At this time, Crockett is able to swing in with the Testerosa, block them in, start shooting out as well. Vic is also shooting out. It's big shootout at the end of the day. Silk's down. His goon's down. And unfortunately, checking to see that everybody's okay. Carla is holding on to Vic as Vic is taking his last breath. And he takes his last breath in her arms as she's crying and puts his head back to signal that he's died. Afterwards, Crockett and Tubbs try to console her. She's wearing Tubbs' blazer in the back of the cruiser, looking incredibly despondent. 
Lieutenant, what about the girl? Think we could get her what she needs? I'll talk to the prosecutors. Carla, better take you to a halfway house. We're gonna make sure you get substantial assistance. That means a full walk. We're in a position where we can help you now. Oh, man. And so, again, Carla's just sitting there looking incredibly despondent. However, albeit very beautiful, she looks great in this color combination of the silver and the blue. And unfortunately, she doesn't really say much. And we cut to another scene where the vice crew, Gina, Trudy, Crockett and Tubbs are kind of talking about the case and what had happened and that Crockett and Tubbs have been putting in long hours and overnights with this case and basically Crockett lets them know that he is going to try to basically get rid of the suspension that Ray Romano had received before he passed away since he did die trying to get Carla off the streets. What's bugging you, man? If Carla can clean up, it's gotta be worth something, right? gotta be because that's all there is and with this they are back driving the old strip I must remind you please go look at the gallery Tubbs is still wearing his Panama hat you can definitely tell in this shot he still has Panama hat on because the Panama hat has that silver ribbon that kind of matches his suit so they're driving the Testarossa down the main strip we see a beautiful blonde girl come out of another building. It's Carla. And it is with I have been working here all my life that we end the episode on executive producer Michael Mann freeze frame as Carla has her hands on her hips, back on the street. How long after he died? Maybe this is like the next day. Like, this is super sad because they do talk about the funeral. And again, like, there's two ways to look at this. You can look at this through 1986 where you don't have a lot of sympathy. Or you can look at it through 2023 where... How I view it is that... I don't think she's self-sufficient enough to want to make that change. And with anything, when you give up anything or you make a lifestyle change, it doesn't work unless you do. Smoking cigarettes, quitting alcohol, anything, until you fully have the willpower, it's not going to work. And it just seems like she doesn't have the willpower. Maybe she was using, you know, my boyfriend's going to get me out. My boyfriend has the excuse. But then she was still turning tricks and doing drugs with the boyfriend. And there was no transition made for her. Or maybe she just doesn't want to. And that Vic wanted to get into his part of my language, you know, savior. I was going to say something else that definitely everyone in my generation will know exactly what I was going to say. But I don't want to say it for this podcast in case my parents do ever listen one day the savior complex of like he has to save her and people don't always want to be saved and it's not up to you to save them you are not responsible for someone else's well-being you can support them you can help them out 
but this is where things can get a little bit codependent. I'm speaking from experience with alcoholism and being sober and dealing with someone who is struggling with alcoholism, making all these excuses and ultimatums and false promises. And at the end of the day, it's like I knew that it wasn't going to happen. And I just wasted my time, wasted my resources because of guilt, because of misplaced, no one helped me, so I want to help this person. If they don't want to make a change, nothing's going to change. And with that, we end a depressing, maybe a little bit less depressing episode than last week. But let's get into some vice tea. So not really the vice tea I expected because there wasn't any vice tea on Bill Paxton. In fact, he died from um, surgical complications from having a stroke. Apparently, it had something to do with a heart-related illness or a fever that he contracted in his childhood that weakened his aorta. He was having some kind of heart surgery done here at Cedar sinai in Los Angeles about six years ago and had a stroke afterwards and then dealt with more medical complications. His family was able to reach a settlement with um, the malpractice board and with the surgeon. So... Although you can never bring someone back, at least the family has some kind of closure from his pretty premature death. Overall, great guy. Can't find anything bad on him. He seems to have been a wonderful actor, co-worker, husband, and father. I'm not sure if he was still married to the wife at the time of his passing, but I believe so. I didn't see anything that would suggest otherwise. Now, Carla didn't look familiar, but I thought she was like, oh, she's so pretty. Her real name is Alice Adair. She is the first wife of three of Barbara Streisand, Don Johnson's ex-girlfriend. Let's paint this picture. Don Johnson, Barbara Streisand, date briefly, 1989. She later goes on to marry James Brolin. James Brolin's son is Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin's stepmom is now Barbara Streisand. Bar- Josh Brolin's first wife and mother of two of his children, Alice Adair, is in this episode of Miami Vice. So kind of a little fun circle I have. Now, not a lot of fun delving into Josh Brolin's past. I had heard all these after the... Um, the domestic violence arrest. I don't think he was ever charged with anything, but he was arrested and released in 2004 against Diane Lane. I would just read a lot of gossip on the internet just about his temper and just how worse it was behind closed doors. Again, all of this is alleged. But uh, so I have linked to an article where he recently spoke about that. And again, he doesn't try to like shirk any responsibility. He seems to own up to it, which is good. It looks like at least he has healed and grown and matured and that's all you can really want for somebody especially someone with domestic violence in their background so but this is the real vice tea that i did not know so people like to make fun of me that i will not see something if it's super 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 popular i've never seen avatar Never seen Avengers Endgame. I never saw anything Marvel after. Like, I've seen some of the Spider-Mans, seen Iron Man, but I never kind of really kept up with it. I did not know that Josh Brolin was Thanos. <laughs> huge, huge part. How could I, what rock was I living on? Or maybe, like, I heard it, but because he's just in so much makeup and um, prosthetics that it didn't register that it was him. But yeah, that is the small little world of the six degrees of Don Johnson. <laughs> 
And aside from that, there was no other major vice tea. Like I said, the guy who was the supplier, I will find this out right now. I will go to IMDb because I had this written down and I just didn't have this guy written down because I was like, ah, he's very charming, but a bit player. His name is Tom Mardirosian. Derosian? Mardirosian? As Leo, that was the name of the supplier, the guy who was meeting in the limo with Wesley Snipes as Silk. And Wesley Snipes also, I guess like the hottest vice tea on him is his whole tax evasion thing, which again, like the more you deal with the tax man and how unfair it is, I don't sympathize with tax evasion, but I understand it. I understand it. And I get it because the more honest and forthcoming you are, the more you get punished. And the system isn't meant to reward you. So I get it. But aside from that, Wesley Snipes, obviously you'll know him from everything. I just watched Tawong Fu. Thanks for everything. Love Julie Newmore last night. He looked amazing in that. And I totally forgot how good he is in that movie. Also naturally Blade, all the blades and... Then he obviously had to do a little bit of time in jail for his tax evasion. Then he's back on the scene. So not really sure what he's up to now. But aside from that, overall, good episode and solid guest stars. Now let's talk fashion. Fashion. This episode belongs to the ladies. Some of the ladies I've already talked about. We had our girl, Gina, looking like a million dollars in the same shades as the Maybelline Great Lash Mascara Wall. (laughs) Trudy in the latex and the fake fur. That's actually not fake fur. I think that's real fur. Then we also have Roxanne Young with her giant lightning bolt. I also really liked Carla's dark blue dress. It looked very much kind of like an 80s cocktail prom dress. Maybe that was kind of meant to infantilize her. But best dressed man? I don't even know. I would say, if anything, I'll give it to Tubbs because I really like his pimp look. But most of all, I'm going to award best accessory to Tubbs's Panama hat. The true winner of this episode, what Tubbs needs to transform from mild-mannered, charming Ricardo Tubbs to menacing Butch with a matching vanity license plate. Oh, when Tubbs goes bad. Once again, I want to thank you all for being so good for liking, for subscribing, for sending me wonderful emails, notes, comments. It really doesn't mean a lot. Again, this is just me, a girl with a microphone who was having problems with her microphone, who was having problems with her gifts, who was having problems with her continuity and her order today. So thank you all for bearing with me and for understanding and for supporting me in what I do. This really means a lot. The podcast is a lot of work, but it's a lot of rewards. So thank you all for subscribing, for liking, for telling your friends and for leaving lots of hearts and kind messages. As we're up the episode, we have a lot of contenders for favorite quote of the week. Let's go through them. Hey, nice. Sorry, this must be the fantasy suite. Zwitek providing a little bit of comedic relief without Zito. And then this might be my top contender, but I am biased. What's your wife think about it? that one have had a little bit more context it was like what does your wife think about your sex worker girlfriend then that would be like my top pick this is also another contender you know where to find silk no but i'm a hell of a guesser Ooh, all solid choices if i may add wow it's almost like i wonder who the committee was 
<laughs> However, I'm going to give it up to Zwitek for providing some comedic relief when we needed it after last week and before he faces the death of Zito in a couple episodes. Spoiler alert. Hey, nice. Sorry, this must be the fantasy suite. <laughs> and with that, I bid you adieu. Thank you again for listening to Vice and Easy. We'll see you next week. Hey, man, Miami Wise is number one new show.